everyone and welcome to another episode of looking for love and all the wrong dust jackets a show where three disgruntled harpies talk to you about everything we love in romance whether that's books movies tv shows whatever we like my name's liz i'm danny and she's never gonna let the disgruntled disgruntled harpies die nope i said it once i'm wiggles and i will never die as a disgruntled harpy <laughs> <laughs> It means I'm immortal. <laughs> hey, I, you can't prove that I'm not immortal. <laughs> Until I die, I'm immortal. Anyway, before these two go even further off the rails, if you haven't figured it out, we're, we're some crass ladies. So I got to warn you, got to let you know before we get too far in that we're going to talk about anything and everything that is related to romance. And we're going to use all of the four letter words that we love to say. So if you don't like swearing or talking about the bedroom activities, there's the exit. I use five letter words sometimes too. Titular. Mm -hmm. Which is not a five syllable word. But it's also not a five letter word, is it? No, (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) No, I just, it reminded me of it. Sorry. (laughs) Listen, shut up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What have you guys been up to? I haven't seen you in forever. Tell me what you've been doing. So I'm not going to lie. We've had a very busy time here and... I was real tired and kind of weird this week. So I have my, one of my favorite streamers is was doing a subathon. So I've been watching her stream on Twitch a lot. And I did something I haven't done in years, which is I was like, I'm going to go lay in my bed and watch this tr- Twitch streamer and just kind of chill out a little bit before I go to bed. And then I woke up at 1.40 in the morning with the light still on, with my watch still on and my iPad dead and had an almost just it was a very short one before I realized that it wasn't 1.40 in the afternoon and I haven't missed half of my work fucking day. Um, but I had a little momentary freak out thinking that I overslept because the light was on. And yeah, so I've been doing that a lot. honestly i did fuck all this weekend and it was glorious and so i got nothing to report other than embrace your inner fuck it all yep well don't you worry i've got you covered i know you you do i read eat my moon dust by etta pierce which is the like companion series to her interstellar union series it's a grumpy sunshine alien sci-fi romance and it was cute but it probably is my least favorite of her books so far. Yeah. So it was like a three. And then I read Not Her Villain by Irene Bard. Another three. You know, mm-hmm. just some classics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it at that. Great Fair move. Enough. So let's introduce the book because I completely forgot to do that at the top of the episode. Today we are reading and discussing with you Twisted Love by Anna Huang. Wigs. Take it away. Well, just a humble brag here. Our, our gal, Anna, is a New York Times, Sunday Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and Amazon number one best-selling author. So she's making the rounds. Best known for her Twisted series, which is what we are reading today. But she's got several other series out there, <clears throat> which I'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, she writes, new adult contemporary romance with deliciously alpha heroes, strong heroines, and plenty of steam, angst, and swoon. Her books have been translated in over two dozen languages and have been featured in outlets such as NPR, Cosmopolitan, Financial Times, and Glamour UK, which 
I got questions. Okay. Financial Times. What? I'm guessing they're just talking about how like popular her books are and what kind of money she's making off or how much money they're producing. I don't producing. know. But there's a part of me that wants to look up the article out of pure curiosity of like, what is Financial Times? What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't read the Financial Times. I don't know. I'm poor. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> a few other fun facts about our gal here. Uh, she is a self-professed travel enthusiast. Loves incorporating beautiful destinations into her stories and will never say no to a good chai latte. Same. Those are those are good. Those are delicious things. Here are some books because I'm not going to list them all off because she's been pretty prolific. Um, she's got the Kings of Sin series, which starts with Kings of Wrath, Kings of Pride, yada, yada, yada. Kings of many things. Um, she also has her Twisted series, which, like I said, we're reading now. And she's got uh, what she calls her like sweet and steamy series with books like If We Ever Met Again, If the Sun Never Sets, If Love Had a Price, yada, yada, you get the point. I got to say, I do enjoy um, the symmetry that some authors have where they're just like, I'm just going to basically change like three, like a little part of the title and it's otherwise the same title. I, I find that enjoyable. I don't know why. And then finally, she is working on a steamy sports romance set in the world of the English Premier League aka football or soccer and it's called the striker no other information about that right now i think she's actively working on it so danny what is the book we're reading today and what's it about Okay, so Twisted Love. So it is about Ava, who is a super sunshiny person, although she does not remember most of her childhood because traumatic things happened. And then her brother's best friend, Alex, whom her brother is going away to do a... It's volunteering. It's something to do with medical school, though, which I never... It's It has to be something like Doctors Without Borders or something. Except that he's not a doctor yet. Except for he's not a doctor yet. I think he's just studying abroad. No, he's doing a volunteer thing down in South America, isn't he? And yeah. Like helping people down there? I don't know. I think you're right. I don't know what organization they well, yeah it's book. it's something along those lines yeah. like he's he's helping with that kind of thing. So he lives across the street from her, her brother does, and so he's like, Hey, I'm going away. Take care of my sister. And so Alex moves in next door and he's all assholey and she doesn't like him but does like him. And then they're all like fighting and she's trying to make him show different emotions and everything you know um and then lots of traumatic things happen it gets very confusing there's a lot of a lot of subplots in this that get very confusing anyway he fucks up real bad and he spends over a year trying to make it up to her discuss well in this instance i would i would not necessarily characterize it that he fucked up really bad because that implies that like he made a mistake and it was just a really bad one yeah no it, it's he made years and years of bad choices eight years, <laughs> eight years of bad choices yeah so you know uh, he he did need to make the atonement that he did i guess could have done more but that's me. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk about their first meeting, because I think that's a great way to set the tone. So the first meeting in the book is not their first meeting. They have known each other for eight years mm -hmm. because Alex is Josh, who is Ava's brother. So he's Josh's best friend mm -hmm. and has been coming to their Thanksgiving every year because his parents and family are dead. Murdered. Yes. Yeah. There's lots of trauma in this book. Yeah. I mean, I would almost put this on, on par with like Colleen Hoover's writing of like trauma for trauma's sake a little mm -hmm. bit. But uh, she does add some interesting components to it. Alex has a condition. I can't remember what it is, but rather than a photographic memory, it's 
it's along those lines and he remembers every single thing that's ever happened to him ever which e yeah i just your brain would be so busy oh my god it would not i already have insomnia and part of that is my adhd because like i lay in bed and then it's like I'm going to think of really obscure things. If I could never forget certain things, like anything about my life, I would never sleep. Which he has really bad insomnia. Yeah. He says he sleeps like two hours or something a night, which is not healthy. No. that's Your body will break down from that over time. No wonder he's a little bit psycho. Yeah. I remember, so every time I think about the reality of specifically the night, the like memories you have that you're like, God, I just... Why did I do that? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think about this article I read a long time ago, but I think it's Jeff Dunn. But like, let me look it up and contractually change that later. I uh, didn't mean that person's name if he's wrong. But the point is, he's a comedic writer. And he wrote this article about how why human beings are the way they are. And he's like, it's because you'll be just sitting there at a barbecue one day. And all of a sudden, you'll have this flashback to this stupid thing you did and or thing or you said 10 years ago. And you'll look at that barbecue fork and you'll be like, you know, I could just right in the eye, right straight to the brain <laughs> to shut it off. And that's what I think about every time. I'm like, that's how it feels. It feels like you just want to scoop it out and just throw that part away. <laughs> yep, just nope, that never happened. Mm-hmm. There's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I really wish that that memory would just go away. Yeah. Yeah. And so in some ways that does make his personality make a little more sense because if you had to live with every single thing that you did you would definitely make all the effort in the world to not be embarrassed to not be put in a position where you feel anxiety to not be in a position where you're uncomfortable because you're gonna have to fucking relive it at some point yeah it also explains why like is he's not erratic he comes off as very much in control of everything but reading some of his perspectives i feel like he's he's a little all over the place and that kind of makes sense sometimes Mm -hmm. because well you've got everything just replaying up there well and it's not only just that he has everything replaying but he's also had horrible things happen to him and so the fact that he has to replay his parents and sister's murder that took place in front of him when he was like 10 yeah he was supposed to be at camp yeah he was supposed to be gone and he literally watched and they were having such an this this really made me sad when they finally like reveal how it happened and everything mm-hmm. like they were playing a fucking board game and he was like running to get snacks or whatever and yelled at his little sister not to cheat mm-hmm. like that it was that that little hey don't cheat as he was like running to get snacks that for whatever reason I was like oh my god oh no mm-hmm. well the other thing about him is he is a genius mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. insanely high IQ which I'm sure the being able to remember everything plays into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, he so, started his company at like 14. Yeah. Well, and, and it did have that very annoying, in my opinion, trope of they're the best. This yes. person's the smartest person in the world. Yeah. He's the coolest person in the world. He's the richest person in the world. No. And and the thing where the like one flaw he has is actually just like um a really cool thing about him but he like mm-hmm. oh he, he is super controlling because he has to like manage his memories and his genius and all of that mm-hmm. and it's like okay buddy calm down well and it's like for a genius he makes some dumbass fucking moves right yeah just saying i i get that all of that is the reason why somebody at 27 because he's 27 in this mm-hmm. is a billionaire which it it 
happens, I guess. I don't really think there's a lot of self-made billionaires at 27, but sure. It does happen, though. Sure. He just, no part of him seemed 27. No. Like, no. no part of him in that book was 27. I completely <laughs> forgot that he was 27. I thought he was... Like 37, like maybe? Like 30-something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a genius, and he's got this, like essentially photographic memory right and he's got the, his billion dollars and his his company and everything and he's an amazing like cage fighter or mma or whatever the fuck it was krav maga same thing I, it's it's and not it's i'm not, not in, i'm not <laughs> but the, it is the same thing in the context of his character development yes, is what correct, i mean by yes. that like it could be any type of fighting and how do you have time for all of that uh, something's got to give it i realize he only sleeps like two hours a night but something's got to give at some point well and he also is an amazing singer even though he doesn't sing we find that out at the very end yeah he's yeah. actually got the voice of an angel oh my god just like you can't be good at everything <laughs> Isn't it almost a little bit unattractive to have somebody be like, I'm the best at everything? Yes. It's the Superman co- complex where it's just like he's almost unbeatable and it's kind of like, well, that that gets boring. Right. right. Except that the one thing he's not good at is communicating. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. true. <laughs> and being a personable person. You know, so just basic human life skills. You ain't got those. Here's the thing. And I totally thought like I, I, I did like this book. However, there was definitely a point where we get to a point and you realize that spoilers, huge spoilers. You realize that. So he set up her, her dad to go down for a bunch of stuff because he thought his dad, her dad was the one who ordered the hit on his family. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, it was his uncle who did it, who had her dad take the fall. Not that her dad didn't deserve shit, because mm-hmm. we oh, will yeah. get into that. But it get we got to a point where he's confronted his uncle. He's confessed that he's been in their lives there in you know for the last eight years to get to you know towards her dad and everything. With her standing in the room, it is at that point that I realized how much longer the book was and was like, <sighs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm laughing because that was also the point where I was like, wait, there's more book. I could, I, I, cause they could have ended it there. He could have been like, look, yes, this is true. And like done the, you know, talked about the, the making it up to her and everything. And it could have been done, mm-hmm. but it just kept going. And I was like, okay, I like the book. I do. And I am actually very glad that she didn't just like, boom, forgive him. Like he spent over a year mm-hmm. with with them some time apart with you know trying to make it up to her because he spent a year in london but she'd been there for like a few months at least mm-hmm. i want to say like six to eight months mm-hmm. so like i'm i am extremely pleased with you know she didn't just oh my god i forgive you thank you yes love that mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. because boy didn't just fuck up Mm-hmm. boy made it seem like they were friends for eight years which they were he's you know he pointed out that it started out that way but it didn't end that way however he had a lot of explaining to do <laughs> but that yeah it was definitely the point where they were like they got to that point i'm like okay so yeah the book is almost over they'll have you know the the explaining and making up and everything and nope 
Nope, there was quite a bit of book left. Three hours later. Yep. <laughs> Granted, it was not like a in the line because I listened to the audiobooks because audiobook daddy, <laughs> our favorite Aiden Snow, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, it in the grand scheme of things, as far as audiobooks is concerned, was it super long? No, it was like ten hours. Mm-hmm. Which was, this was ten hours. It was ten yes. hours. Okay. And as always, when I listen to romance books, when I am um, listening to an audiobook, it is on two times speed. You can't fucking hear what they're saying then. I usually, you no, can. You just gotta tune your brain to it. Like, starts, if you wanna read audiobooks quickly, this is how you do it, right? So you start by just bumping it up to 110. Then you go to 125 and you just listen to books at 125 for a while. Like, don't make any change to it. Yep. Then eventually you bump yourself up to 150. And then everything above that, you're like, I'm fine. Now, I normally can start at 150 mm-hmm. and be completely fine. I cannot start at two time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, you can't you can't start your book at two, two time. Mm-mm. You have to already you've gotten acclimated to their voices. But if you're just beginning the process of I want to read this book faster, just just do a simple yep. 110 because you're not. You're not ready for the big leagues. Trust me. You'll be like, this is gibberish. Because uh. I, I do it every... Like, here's the thing. I know that. I know I need to start at one 1.5 to, like, get myself acclimated a little bit before I, I bump it up again. Every single fucking time I started at two and then go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like two sentences. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing, Danny? You know better. <laughs> I spend a decent amount of today listening to an audiobook and... The amount of time, and I listened to it at just once, just the regular speed, no, no increases. I had to restart multiple chapters different times. And that's not because the book is bad or I disliked it. I was really enjoying it. I just get distracted. I'm just doing other things while listening. And my brain, it does, it goes places. I mean, I also do other things while listening. I was definitely in Aldi while listening to this book. I can't, I can't do that. I cannot listen to podcasts or audiobooks while I'm shopping. I can. Um, I sometimes make poor decisions with leaving the house while listening to audiobooks. Dead romantics. Thank you very <laughs> much for that one. Uh, crying in Ulta. Um, oh my God, it was so bad. And here's the thing. When I left, it, it's not like I wasn't aware that this was probably a poor decision. Because as I pulled out of my apartment parking lot is when her dad died in that book and I was like oh no oh no this is gonna be so bad (laughs) but it it, it is what it is well so this is what I have to say to to that whole conversation right one it really depends on the person who's narrating the book some people have significantly slower speech patterns but what you are experiencing when you are listening to a book at like one and a half speed that's what my brain tries to do when I'm reading Only instead, my eyes can't like keep up and my brain and my eyes are trying to do this like tug of war of who's (laughs) in control. And so for me, 1.5 speed is just like the the pace at which my brain would naturally read if my eyes didn't get in the way. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I can read like a a book or ebook or whatever. It's very fast Um, when I do sometimes miss things (laughs) or things get a little confusing, Uh, but I can't do that with an audiobook. And I cannot. I I actually am a very slow reader, which is why 
if y'all have noticed, 90% of the time I listened to the audiobook. Also, I cannot sit still and I mm. need to, I have actually gotten to a point where I need to almost constantly be listening to something and doing something else. And so a lot of times I'll be listening to audiobooks and stuff and like playing a video game, you know, all of the things. But like, depending on the video game, then you'll be paying attention to the video game. If I was playing Baldur's Gate and trying to listen to audiobook, it wouldn't work. Oh, I do. Would not work. No, because then I'm not understanding. I'm not, it's my first playthrough. I have to consume the game. I I, were- I I enjoy it if it's a if it's a mindless game, and by that I mean like a Candy Crush, a Tetris. I play Civ. I play Civ yeah. and do that, but that's a turn based game too. So I can just like pick up a controller, do some stuff, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely listened to more than one audiobook while playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I can't do it then either. And I've played Red Dead Redemption 2. But sometimes it's very intense. you got to shoot all the people in a very short amount of time. I mean, there has been a couple of times where I might have killed my horse because I was not paying attention to where I was going. Yeah. My trouble with all that is I almost have mind residue when I'm doing anything that requires any like muscle memory so like if I'm running when I'm reading a book the next time I'm running I'll be remembering that book oh I've done that yeah um or if I'm playing a video game and I like Candy Crush and I've been listening to an audiobook I will start remembering that regardless of whether or not I'm listening to that audiobook sure your mind is creating connections between things Yes. And so I have to be really careful with that because otherwise sometimes what will happen is if there's still like this residue for a video game or an exercise that I was doing anything like that, right? I will start conflating the two stories (laughs) (laughs) and I'll be like, there's, there's not vampires in this story. Why, (laughs) why is this happening? (laughs) I do that with places because for instance, Mm. um, for, this was also a very bad idea to go out in public while listening to that one. Uh, for Not All Himbos and for this one, I went to Aldi. Do not listen to Not All Himbos Wear Capes in Public. Yep. Nope. That do was not do that. Poor not even the first chapter. No. Yep, nope. Nope. <laughs> um, she just announced that the second one is coming out at the end of February. What do you mean? Oh, second one. She's yes. already got like. The second audiobook. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> but. But it's a different actor. But. But. And then also. Um, Alta makes me think of Dead Romantics because I was crying in Alta. Um, and then, oh God, now I can't remember the, oh, Secretly Yours is because I was driving to a family vacation and missed my turn because, sir, anyway. We should probably get back on track. We should. Yes. So we just spewed all of what Alex is. So let's talk about the other piece of the puzzle here. Ava, who is Miss Sunshine in Rainbows and Butterflies. And I think I would hate her in real life. Um, so I think I've mentioned this before. When somebody is overly happy uh, and looks at the world and goes, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm going to just be sunshine and rainbows. I don't trust them. <laughs> and I was right. Right? Like, there, it was nothing t- necessarily untrustworthy about her specifically. But I don't trust her surface. You know what I mean? There's more going on there. Right. Hey. I'm fairly sunshine and rainbow surfacey. Danny, um, maybe to like people who don't know you. Uh, that's entirely fair. <laughs> <laughs> the layup and the assist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> but 
so we, we you know we find out a lot about her trauma which i'm sure we'll talk about later but uh, she does know some of it she she knows that she was almost drowned when she was a child and because of that she's afraid of bodies of water to the point that she won't hop on a plane because she's afraid to cross bodies of water in a plane which fair enough i have traumatized in that reason fairly logical but yeah. fun fact i almost drowned once i'm not traumatized though yeah is this your ice fishing story my what your ice fishing story oh no no i i was most likely going to survive that one <laughs> <laughs> no um but uh she's you know she's also got this ad- added attachment or what, what do they call that? Um, not difficult attachment, um, anxious attachment um, factor to her personality because uh, her, to her knowledge, her mother pushed her into the water uh, to drown her. And she really didn't see her mother after that, right? So, you know, it makes sense that she would fall for a guy like Alex who's determined to protect her even if she tells him not to. Also, sure. her brother's been entirely pr- overprotective for a very long time which he also believes that their mother Mm -hmm. tried to murder his little sister right so i understand the overprotection but she is an adult now so maybe back up a little bit yeah like yeah i mostly agree with that and and almost every story i'm like the overprotective men in this woman's life always annoy the shit out of me because it's like okay what are you going to be with her 24 7 like shit right. happens all the time everywhere mm-hmm. maybe you could just let her have a free life and if bad things happen they're gonna happen no matter what not saying like don't look out for your friends and family but i am saying that like there's a there's a, a point where you are going too far and in almost all of these stories they're they're going too far <laughs> yep and this is a point where i get to put in my perspective you two are the oldest yeah yeah I am the baby, and my only sibling is an older brother. Mm-hmm. I would have told him to fuck the fuck off so long before. Like, he's so overprotective and is constantly, like, checking in on her and everything. And I love my brother very much. If he was that involved with my life, I would have slaughtered him. Josh actually doesn't bother me, but that's also because Josh really isn't in this book. So we don't have an mm-hmm. opportunity to get bothered by mm-hmm. him. Um, the amount of times I would have slapped Alex, <laughs> let me tell you, it's pretty high. Well, so I, I, w- I will say this one thing in response. Alex sort of becomes a pseudo parent. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's why you don't see her reaction to him being exactly what you describe of like, fuck the fuck off Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't tell your parent to fuck the fuck off if they were like, you know, make sure you put your seatbelt on. Right. Like, yeah. (laughs) um, And so like, he's been so parentified in that situation that even, even he doesn't see it that way. Like it's just his job. True. I will say in one thing in Josh's defense, she did have a um, ex-boyfriend situation that was happening. Mm -hmm. And so with him leaving, that was his main concern because her ex-boyfriend was coming around a lot and trying to like get back with her and wasn't taking no for an answer. And so I, I do understand the like must protect moment too. But like at the same time, she took care of that situation for the most part. Yeah, but from what we gather, Ava really hasn't shown to anybody that she is very good at taking care of herself up to this point. Right. And Josh only asked Alex to just, hey, I'm going to be out of the country. I can't like keep an eye on her or check in with her really. Right. Mm -hmm. So can you just like check in with her? 
And then Alex was like, but what if I just move into your house that's right across the street from her? And he's like, but. He's like, well, I mean, guess that's what you want, <laughs> buddy. Which is like a 45 minute drive from your work. Listen, okay. I think we've come to the point where we have to get to the sticking point of what made me immediately hate this book. <laughs> the Josh character and the Alex character are the exact type of Andrew Tate motherfuckers that I want to punch in the scrotum. They're all like, women are this and that, and like talk about them like they're whores, but also the the women that they consider to be valuable in their lives are are put on a pedestal and are different, right? This is literally the kind of shit that you have on the where where you we have this internet trend which is don't give men microphones because they'll get on the internet and spew dumb shit. Those, if those two had a podcast, <laughs> right, <laughs> they would literally be those people. And so I'm just like, God, I, I can't root for you at all because you're the type of person that I want to light on fire. Um, so this one was a hard one for me to get into. I didn't get that as much from Alex. Um, like I, I understand in the beginning, he was very much like, I don't want to be with any of these women who are trying to like get all up on me. I just want the 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 easy situations i have but i don't want any commitment but josh was like i fuck you and i fuck you and i fuck you and we're all gonna fuck all the time i agree because alex here's the thing with alex is he did have certain women that he went to fuck but they were all like they all knew it this is what we do Mm -hmm. there is no strings attached even bitch face mcgee oh i can't remember her name right now madeline madeline Mm -hmm. yes even Madeline, she did know that there were no strings attached. They had had the conversations. She just really thought that she could break his boundaries mm-hmm. and fix that situation. It's like, no, nah, no, he had the conversation with you. This is a fuck relationship. This is not a relationship relationship. I wouldn't have a problem if they only talked about Madeline the way they talk about Madeline, but they talk about her best friend. What's her name? Julie? J name something. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Julia or Julie. It's, I think it's one of those two. They uh, called her Jessica Rabbit, and I think Josh wants her. I think well, so the too. third book is between him, her and Josh. I think they've, okay, I think perfect. they've gotten together before, and they've got like a... Hate relationship. Yeah. But, you know, the, the way that both of them talk about her, not in their head, not in their POV, like that's already not great, but like out loud to each other, they, they're like, well, she's, you know, as much of a hazard to to her uh to my sisters anybody else and this other bullshit and i'm like literally just stop talking her name is jules jules i was close and i guess you know i didn't i don't mind the whole hey we're just here to be fucking Mm -hmm. right because like hey you do you if everybody's consenting have fun but the party that josh had for his birthday felt like a like a cartoon yes yeah you know it also felt like a freshman college party when this he's supposed to have already graduated and is about to go on a medical relief thing. Like I've been to my fair share of college parties and maybe I just like haven't been to the right ones. And like there were plenty of like sexualization happening at them. I just don't remember any that were like, hey, all of these bitch. It was like Blue Mountain State. If you've seen Blue Mountain mm-hmm, State, mm-hmm. that was this party. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I would say that's a perfect analogy. I mean, I will say most of our college friends are, for the most part, fairly respectful of women, though. So maybe we wouldn't have seen that as much. But well, I want to reinforce my point that uh, Alex and Josh are Andrew Tate wannabes. (laughs) 
in the in a scene not that long after where what the fuck is the main character's name now which one alex or ava ava that's the one i needed so ava is working with a friend on some boudoir photography and alex comes storming in because she didn't answer her text for like an hour what a bitch Right. And then makes them delete all of the pictures and threatens to like destroy this guy who is like having a very voluntary photo photography session that had nothing to do with this man. It was for his it was for his portfolio. This part pissed me off. And yes. it not only yes. pissed me off at Alex, but it pissed me off at Jules. Oh, yeah. Jules should not have led Alex there. Jules is not really a great friend. No, no. she's not. Because not only did she, she baited him and took him there, mm-hmm. but she knew what, what she was doing. She could have been like, look, they're, you know, they're working on a project for her friend's portfolio. Well, I think from the beginning, Jules wants them to get together. And uh, so this is her, her method of manipulation. Doesn't make it less shitty, but I think her motives make more sense that way. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, and I agree that that's what she wants, but it's a shitty friend move. Oh, yeah. But have we not all at some point had a shitty friend that you just go, what the fuck are you doing right now? You not know, for very long. Well, <laughs> ain't that the truth? And maybe Jules didn't expect Alex to react that much because she does have an entire scene if not a couple later where she's saying and then alex did this i couldn't believe it essentially Mm -hmm. so i she expected a reaction but not i'm guessing that level of reaction i think she's also there for the drama you know oh yeah she's totally there for the drama i obviously have not read her book yet um but i have the feeling that she's the kind of person that like makes reality tv her life in real life right like she she imagines herself the main character of a reality television show but the main reason i was fucking pissed about all of that was number one alex needs to mind his fucking business it's none of his business but more importantly his attitude about it is that those girls who do those things do you want to be one of those girls bitch eat my fucking ass are you kidding me also boudoir photographers make a shit ton of money yes because it t- it takes a lot of talent to be able to get people into the those positions are not easy. No, they're to be not. able to get the people into those positions and feeling the way they feel in order to capture those kind of pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, those could be very empowering. I've had multiple friends be like, "Danny, you wanna? I think you should do this." And I'm like, "Negatory Ghost Rider, not my thing." But hell yeah, I will be down for anybody doing it. I think I'd do it. I would do it. For sure. I've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. I'm like, while I'm young and hot, you know, like, let's, before the the titties are dragging on the ground, you know, (laughs) like, let's take care of it. I admittedly don't like this. I don't like my this either, but I think that's kind of one of the reasons I want to do it is I want to, like, I want to see what, can somebody make it look better? I don't know. Okay. First of all, just because, you know, you guys need to hear this. You're both super fucking hot. Wiggles, we were not fishing. I know you weren't. I'm just telling you because you need to hear it. You're super hot. Listen, if you wanted to get with me, you had many opportunities. It's too late. <laughs> we both, we <laughs> both know that was never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But no, I, I've heard from a lot of people that boudoir photography makes them feel much more confident in their bodies because they're taking photos that are 
very flattering. And we're used to seeing ourselves in shitty selfies. Right. Yeah. You know, like, or or our our warped perspective of ourselves when we look in the mirror. Looking at ourselves through the lens of somebody else who, who sees us as potentially the hottest thing in the fucking room is going to give you that big confidence boost. So, you know, I would say let's all go get boudoir photography done tomorrow. <laughs> I do think if I ever did it, I wouldn't want to go alone. So I probably mm-hmm. would call you and be like, Wigs, can you just like come with me? <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it'd be awkward for you to watch it, but can you just be like my safe person? I mean, yeah. I know. It's the, it's the answer. I know you would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to the, the scene at hand. I I couldn't. I just couldn't. Oh, I would have lost my goddamn mind on him. Some guy who at this point, they're not dating. They're not together. They're not anything. Breaking in, essentially, in a way, to my friend's house yelling at my friend who I agreed to help take these photos for his like portfolio and and then like yelling at me like what are you doing you can't do that people might see you like this it's like fuck off well and there's the the other thing is that she's an artist Mm -hmm. she is a photographer she's apparently a very talented photographer and for him to destroy not only her friend's work but her work they both put this work into you know together to do this I I can't see her going as placidly as she does about this well and to also kind of destroy that relationship yeah well he threatens not just to like not just the like i'll kill you the next time i see you which you know no whatever caveman (laughs) but like he threatens to destroy this guy's career Mm -hmm. and when he's just getting his footing you know like that's that's and he has the power to do so yeah yeah which we find out because he does destroy destroy Liam's career, her mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend, which that's pretty deserved yeah. because he kind of tried to do some shit. And then Madeline's career, like her entire family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes down her family's business. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's, I think, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just frustrated with him. Like, at what point are we supposed to go, oh, but he's a good guy? Like, wh- well, I think bitch that, where I think that's supposed to start happening when he cancels his date with Madeline to stay in and have a movie night with Ava. Sure. But I don't know. I it was a really awkward scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it ended with her falling asleep on his couch. And his response to that is, well, I'll take you up to my bed. Right. Where like I will just also up. be sleeping. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, this is supposed to be what? romantic it's supposed to give us that awkward yeah i was i was like so leave me on the couch like right like that to me was more reading as threatening yes like if i and again i understand that not all guys get this but listen when we fucking tell you if you are a guy and you're listening to this it is terrifying to wake up in a space you don't expect to wake up in First of all, but all when you also are not <laughs> waking up in the place that you went to sleep. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like well, that does not make me feel endured to you. That makes me feel way distrusting of you. As yeah. it is, if I wake up and something is not as I expect it when I wake up, for instance, I passed out watching the stream the other night and mm-hmm. I woke up with the light on. Uh, my phone was not on the charger. The iPad was dead and my watch was still on. That terrified me for a moment, not only because I thought I was late for work, which I was nowhere near, but it took me just a minute to figure out what was happening, where I was, 
because things are not the way they're supposed to be when I woke up. Mm -hmm. Well, and on top of it, like she wakes up basically laying kind of half on top of him and apparently with her hand on his crotch. Yes. Um, Can't say that I've ever. You know, when I wake up and I flail around, I don't usually find my hands in those places, but I'm I'm old fashioned that way. As someone who who does wake up with another person in bed, (laughs) it does happen. I'm sure it does happen. They're just waking up with your hands in inappropriate places. Well, (laughs) it's not inappropriate if you're married. It's like, whatever. (laughs) Uh, It happens. But to just wake up. But like fully cupping it come on man like the way it's described is that she's like basically the bun to his hot dog Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh anyway we're gonna move past that um but she she freaks out because it's like did we do something last night what happened Mm -hmm. and like i don't know what was he thinking why would you do that and i realize he doesn't really understand the extent of her memory issues because she doesn't talk about it and i don't think her brother ever talked about the fact that she doesn't because he that's news to him when she does tell him that she doesn't remember most of her childhood um but like for someone who has memory issues and she wakes up and is cupping genitalia of a man that she has not ever touched in that way before you'd you would have the things of what the fuck yeah that's the rational reaction yeah (laughs) <laughs> Granted, I also, as a woman, I'm like, I would be able to tell if I had had sex, just saying. But, well, that's just me, though. I'm not saying I disagree with you entirely, but, you know, your brain might not automatically jump to yeah. what sensations right. am I feeling. Yeah. You know? Also understandable. Also, she was in panic. I also, I get that. Yeah. But, yeah, my internal thing is, I would be able to tell, but... At the same time, I completely understand why she'd be like, the fuck? Well, and his reasoning, because we get his POV when he takes her upstairs, is just like, she should be comfortable. But also, it's my bed, so I want to lay in it, too. And it's like, dude, for somebody who's supposed to be a genius, you have very low social intelligence. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Extremely low social intelligence. Or lack of care. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is an equally appropriate read of the situation, which is just like, I don't give a shit enough about women to know... Not to do things like this. Yeah. I don't even know what the next scene is after that because we go into, <laughs> well, because the, the there's a, um, a jumble of scenes that come up about this time in the book. I will say this is, this book is very confusing in that there are eight time like eight plots, I feel like. Yes, because I think we're getting to the point where Jules decides that they want to do an experiment and mm-hmm. see if they can get Alex to show different emotions. Well, that was the reason for the movie night is because they were trying right. to get him to show sadness. Mm-hmm. And and she tries to notebook him, doesn't she? Uh, no, uh, Walk to Remember and Marley uh, and Me. Yeah. yeah. And so then they go on a picnic mm-hmm. because she's trying to, I don't know what that one, I don't remember what that emotion was. Joy. And I don't know why Alex ever agreed to go on a picnic with her. That seemed very out of character for him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And then she makes him really awful garlic cookies to try to get him to show disgust. She doesn't. I completely forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another jealousy one. Jealousy was another one that she and she called off jealousy because she was like, nah, no, nah, we're not we're not doing that. But it ends up happening anyway, because yep. then for some reason that I can't really understand, there's a gala. Gala, gala, whatever you want to say. Right, that she should not be invited to because it's for alumni only. Yeah. But she got invited and they and it was explained, but I don't remember. 
Yeah, she did have a like a legitimate reason of how she got in. And she had a legitimate reason for wanting to be there. There was like there a was publisher like or something or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like we have that that whole scene. I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. Let's pause there. Yeah. <laughs> because I was super confused because somehow in all these things that they've done with each other, we're really like nothing has happened. Right. Somehow they dance together one time and they're in love. And I, I was like, are you, what evidence have you shown me that leading up to this moment that was possible? That was my big thing with it, too, yeah. is because, like, why did Alex get so jealous? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I literally, I literally don't know. And you could make the argument that he's maybe actually had a thing for her all these years. But then you need to, like, establish fill us that. In. Yeah, you need to fill us in on that and establish it. Because the way it's written is he's just like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll watch your kid sister for you. And all of a sudden, bam, every I will control her. And I'm like, mm, that's not how that works. Right. The only thing in my mind that makes a lick of sense, but we don't find it out until like the end of the book or nearish the end of the book is Alex. So I'm, I'm skipping ahead, obviously, to said end of the book. Alex, when Josh left, Alex needed another way to get into her dad, Michael's house. So he needed to be invited to Thanksgiving again. So he needed Ava to invite him. So he needed to get close to Ava. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason that it seems like he's paying any attention to her. But we don't find that out until the end. So it's super confusing in the front of the book. It also doesn't explain the sudden mutual pining at on the dance floor. No. Like attraction, sure. Lust, get that. But like you're like they're talking about they're doing the like it's it's described perfectly in of all things. I know this is going to sound insane, but it's described perfectly in the musical uh, Oklahoma. They wanted to have a love song in the first act. So they wrote people will say we're in love. Right. Because you can't be in love yet. Right there. That's what this is supposed to be. But it doesn't make sense for them to be doing the we're not in love, but we're in love part. Yeah. And then and then that concludes the experiment and we jump to Alex is going to teach Ava how to swim. See that and that's another issue I had throughout this entire book is the the weird time jumps and how it felt like you were walking into a scene that was already happening. Yes. Every single time. Like it was like and no transition from the the camera and then you turned it back on at a random point in time in their lives. And I almost wish she just wouldn't have done the experiment. Because honestly, yeah, it I didn't... thought that was going to be a funny like thing that I was like, OK, so this is what we're doing. They're fucking with them. And then they they get to know each other through this. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being a very short experiment. It was like four scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and like the friends are like, well, whatever. Completely the opposite of tis the season for revenge. Well, right. and see, that's where I thought it was going. I was like, OK, so it's going to be like tis the season where, you know, it, this was the plan. But then they it kind of goes haywire and they actually do kind of end up falling for each other. And then I'm like, but it, it, that's done now. Why yeah. is there so many there? Why is there so many plot points? And why are none of them really connected to each other? And I think the book would have been much more of a success if she would have just either gotten rid of the experiment and just did the like get to know each other in a roundabout way and then there's the swim lessons Mm -hmm. because there could have been a lot of cute moments with the swim lessons oh yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and there was a few Mm -hmm. there was a couple Mm -hmm. um i also would have liked it if you if we had if we as the people would have known all along that he was involved with their family for this specific reason i think it would have definitely 
would have, some parts would have made a lot more sense yes mm-hmm. if you would have known that from the beginning yeah yes. like if we had known all along that you know he was playing them to begin with and then is starting to have the fighting with himself about well no that's not what this is about but i'm starting to actually feel things cool in for that it just would have given him motive because yeah. throughout most of the book he didn't have motive well and it's it's one thing if it was just from her point of view, like you'd be like, yeah, that would be confusing from your point of view. Yeah, for sure. But, it's but not, we have it's his both. point of view yeah. and his point of view does not touch on this. This whole plot that he's been brewing for eight years, it only talks about it in vague, like, I'm going to get the guy who killed my parents. Like, you're, <laughs> you wouldn't think about the guy's actual name. But okay, okay, okay. We we can put that aside. Except that then even with that that complicated factor, how was the ending still so predictable? Wasn't that it was though? it was. Yeah. yeah. It was. I was just like, how 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 did you make this so confusing? And yet I knew exactly where it was going and not in a good way. Well, and my biggest thing with the whole like revenge plot thing. So he believes that her dad is the reason that his parents are dead. He thinks they they put out a hit on him. As we find out, that's not true. It was his uncle. His uncle framed her dad. Fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. However, then we also add in the added weirdness that her dad actually tried to murder her. Mm-hmm. A couple of times. And so he nails her dad to the wall. Well, her dad, he's actually he's actually not her father. That is why he's all bitter about it and mm-hmm. everything. And they got divorced, blah, blah, blah. However, like, so he nails her dad to the wall for attempted murder on her. And then we find out that her, her dad didn't have anything to do with his parents' deaths, his parents' and sisters' deaths. So why did, why both? Well, it has this like, like idea that you have to, to burn away everybody except for the main couple is kind of yeah. what it feels like, right? Yeah. Like, And so this uncle guy, he could potentially be a positive influence in their lives. Burn him! We got to find a reason for him to be the bad guy. That's what it felt like. It w- did not feel like it was justifiable within the plot or no. justified by the plot. No. Well, I just think it, it should have been one or the other. Mm-hmm. Either her dad's a piece of shit and tried to kill her and he gets his ass nailed to the wall or... His uncle's a piece of shit. He, you know, put a head out on his entire family. Let's nail his ass to the wall and or murder him because that's what totally happens. But I don't think it should have been both. No, it just definitely felt like... So one of my big problems with... I guess I see it more in romance books, but that's probably just because I read more romance books. There is so much telling and very little showing Mm -hmm. in this book. Mm Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is these mysteries that she's trying to include, the author, but doesn't give us the breadcrumbs throughout the book to build the tension and anxiety of like, but wait, who really did kill Alex's parents? I got to be honest with you. I didn't give a fuck throughout this entire book who killed his parents. I did not care. Yeah, I did. It was irrelevant. to me like it got to the point where he pulled something out of the like library wall and i'm like oh his uncle's behind it all right cool well cool. we'll see how that ends honestly you know what this book would be perfect for if it was a long-running like days of our lives plot yes oh hells yeah it does have that vibe yeah like where you just get little snippets one... of these characters as they're interacting with one another but then you flash over to like Barbara and John who've been fighting on the show for 20 years right (laughs) (laughs) it was too much in a not super long book 
right. And yet the book felt so long. I, I, I agree with you at that point where I was like, okay, they're in the office. Cool. This is going to end. And then I realized how much longer the audiobook was. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, um, I, I did text Liz and uh, I'm pretty sure it was not the most nice uh, reporting. Let's see what I got here. Uh, Why I get no text. Because she knew I had finished the book yeah. and she didn't know you uh, had, if you had yet. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Uh, why is this book so long? I'm listening to this book at two times speed and I'm still bored. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was after I texted or uh, like the day before and was like, I, I think I don't remember why we texted the day before, but I had mentioned that, <laughs> that I had like three hours left. And I was like, but why? <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I didn't dislike this book. I just, there was a lot going on with it where I was like, what? So typically in books like this, that maybe the romance isn't very strong, there's the saving grace of the spice. Yeah. And this is my transition into that conversation. It wasn't that good. Where was it? What happened? Well, I mean, the, the TikToks is telling me these are dark, spicy books. There was like, what, one sex scene? Maybe one and a half? Yeah. Well, and, and, and they promise these these things. That, like They promised us that he was like really into rough sex. Oh, yeah. The fucking but from behind hair pulling, yes. calling filthy names, choking. I was like, okay. Okay, because Madeline mentioned it, and I was like, "Okay, okay, you have you have piqued my interest," and then it really didn't come. Well, then you like there was a part of me that felt like Ava when I was, was like, "Wait, I thought you said that you <laughs> like to fuck from behind and call people names. That's not what's happening." <laughs> <laughs> like the the only part that was, I guess kinky is when he's taking the phone call and while they're having sex that was probably the best part of the book that was so good i was like when when he took the call i'm like oh he didn't i i might have been in the store at that point oh i you gotta quit shopping and reading books (laughs) i needed groceries you gotta do online delivery or something (laughs) like you're playing dangerous games (laughs) you just need to you have to listen to the beginning of the books. But after like the first he- third, no more listen in public. It didn't help me with dead romantics. Well, her that dad, was a sad one. Her dad dies soon in that book. And I yeah. was like driving out of the parking lot, going to look for makeup of all things. Because I don't wear that much makeup. But I was like, ooh, Liz told me about this brand. I'm going to Ulta. And then crying in Ulta. There is a book that's been on my TBR for a really long co- time called Crying in H-Mart. Uh... <laughs> And so if I ever get to it, uh, I'll tell you all about it. But it's very highly recommended. But also, so is this. I've never heard of the book you just said. Yeah, me neither. Uh, yeah, look it up. I think it won some prizes and shit. Oh. I, yeah, I was I pretty disappointed British. with the spice. Yeah, I was too. I was disappointed and I kept thinking that there was going to be more. And then there wasn't. And I just, was. it was sandwiched in between all of these plots that my thing is if it's a romance if it's really a romance then the romance infiltrates all of the plot points right right like it's a it's a key factor in how the story plays out but you could take the romance out of this and the book would be exactly the same for the most part for the most part yeah and you could cut off so much Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because even some of the major plot points like the 
the experiment would still stick because honestly, there wasn't much romance in that. Mm-hmm. The teaching her how to swim. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably would have been cute, but it. Eh. Yeah. Also, we haven't talked about the fact that one of her best friends is a literal princess. Yeah. Hers is the next book. What's her name again? Bridget. Look at you go. Still trapped that memory of yours. Aldovia. It's something like that. <laughs> Uh, Something like that. I don't know. I will say I Genovia. love her, her original bodyguard. <laughs> Booth? Yes. I liked Booth. There was the moment where uh, she she does go out to talk to her ex-boyfriend at the bar because she's like, if I don't just like get this over with, he's never going to fucking, you know, he's going to bother us all fucking night, you know, which I'm like, poor decision, girl. Don't go outside with this man. <laughs> right. Um, But there is a moment where uh, she's like, I'll be back in five minutes. And Booth says something like threatening as he walks out the door. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this man. But why are you allowing to, her to go outside? Just because we're talking about the one of two scenes with Liam. Uh, the one thing I will say is I really liked that Ava was the one that shut Liam down all the different times. Mm-hmm. Because usually like the, the alpha male bro comes and steps in and Alex does a little bit at the gala because she actually needs assistance at that point. Right. But she's the one who fucking busted his nose. Oh, yeah. Like he steps in to protect her after she's already busted his nose and everything. And like she fucking headbutts him. I'm like, yeah, cool girl. Um, But he steps in when it is necessary. And I do appreciate that that got to that point where it was actually a necessary thing. Because, like, she fucking kicks him in the balls and walks back into the bar at the first one. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. You go, girl. I still probably wouldn't have gone outside with him myself. No. I probably would have been like, hey, bouncer, sir, this person's bothering me. Also, just like a general PSA, if you're ever in a situation where you need to headbutt somebody, first off, it's a pretty risky move. Mm -hmm. Second, you really need to aim your forehead at their nose because the last thing you want is to just butt your head into their forehead and, and nobody's happy after that. Oh, yeah. No, I can feel the instant headache from that. Yeah. Just general PSA. So just leave people's noses alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, if somebody's coming up and trying to, like, cause problems. Like, Punch them in the throat. It's also, way more effective. Oh, if you can get your hands up. But if they're, like, this close to you. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I'm just saying if they can't cut my breathe. Sound off. That's why you go for the balls. Oh, yeah. Every time. Um, also, I get, do get a little annoyed with her because she mentions a lot that Josh has bought her like a 12 pack of pepper spray. That bitch ain't never got that pepper spray on her. True. I'm going to be honest. I got once was gifted a uh, like one of those pole whistles. Yeah. Uh, and I, it just kept pulling. <laughs> uh, so I, it's sitting in my car right now. Never to be used again. <laughs> Also, you have to be really careful with pepper spray and mace because you're just as likely to mace yourself as you are the other person. That's true. And I I sure would. I sure would. (laughs) I mean, and I carry pepper spray. I do. But I especially carried it. I used to work at a bar and I was, weirdly enough, one of the bouncers. I was security when I was working and the cops came in one time. It was really, really cold because Midwest. Mm-hmm. And they were, they I think they were walking rounds. And so they were taking the opportunity to walk from the back of the bar to the, or from the front of the bar to the back of the bar in the heat for yeah. just a minute. And they were like, wait, you're security? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, but you're like 5'5 five, five and ginger. And I was like, correction, I am 5'4 and ginger. Thank you very much. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> and what I, got, what are you trying to say about gingers? <laughs> right? I know, right? 
fuck you. Um, but I also had my coat on because it was I was standing next to the door because I was carting people when they were coming in the back door. Not that there were very many people at that time. Fucking cold as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like, but what if somebody comes at you? And I just like pulled the pepper spray out of my pocket. And one of the cops goes, good girl <laughs> and walked away <laughs> but it was just funny i'm like yes i am security so one of the things that the author sets up is the next book which is bridget's book and her new bodyguard reese, reese. Mm-hmm. here's what i don't understand and it it really irks me so i'm gonna have to set up a whole bunch of stuff here to get to my point but that's okay once ava's dad michael is put away um his uncle Ivan, yes, who's the really the person that put out the hit on Alex's parents, kidnaps Ava and Bridget because they were they'd snuck out and went to some party without her bodyguards. Alex didn't have people on her that night, so he kidnaps the two girl, women and brings them all the way to Philly. Which I'm sure DC and Philly aren't that far apart, but in my brain, I'm like that's too far t- to take somebody on a kidnap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Note think you'd be a very good when... kidnapper. No, I'd get sick of them. I'd be like, it's 20 minutes. you got to go. <laughs> it's been too long. Note to self, don't ever kidnap anyone with Liz. No. <laughs> you need she's to get the, the, she's shut the weak point in that plan. <laughs> she is the weak point in that plan. <laughs> I, can, I can do... <laughs> can give this a, I can help with the initial act, but not the long-term haul. <laughs> I don't think any of us would be good with the long-term haul because uh, people annoy me too much. I'd be like, I can't deal with your whining anymore i think that's how i'd escape is i just annoy my kidnappers <laughs> i mean like i just tell them in depth like the plot of twilight or something and that would just be to enough to let them. me get you to let go yeah. your luck is you would like start doing that and your kidnapper would also be like you're Tell right i know <laughs> and you guys would just end up having a whole conversation and be like oh shit we just become best friends <laughs> yeah Anyway, so they're in Philly at Ivan's mansion and Alex like comes chasing, running after them. And then Reese, Bridget's bodyguards, come chasing, running after them. I just realized the point I was going to make is on an entirely different scene. <laughs> so I just want to build up for nothing. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Anyway, that happened. Do you guys have anything to say about that scene? Just that it was stupid. Like, okay, okay, okay. That's it was predictable. Not nice. It was predictable, though, right? Like, yeah. Alex. Yeah. I've read that same scene in a million things. Mm-hmm. I've watched that same scene in a million things. I, I didn't care. And as you would expect, Alex's response was, oh, I'm too much of a danger for her to be around. So I'm going to have to tell her that I didn't love her. And it was all really a lie. Like, cool, bro. That lasts about 20 pages. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, I do end up getting annoyed with him. I remember at this point I was in Costco. Um, I do end up getting really annoyed with him because he keeps saying that Bridget took her away from him because the last time he saw her was when Bridget was taking her away from him. And it's like, bro, you, you did that situation. Well, Bridget he, he held her while she was crying. I know. Bridget held her when she was crying. Stop acting like it's Bridget's fault. Also, like, you didn't have to say all that shit. Like, if you knew you were going to just, like, end it all anyway, like, what was the point of that? Yeah. That was fucking stupid. Oh, like, really, like, breaking Ava's heart? Yes. You didn't have to do all that. Well, I mean, I get the thought process of if she hates me, like, really hates me, maybe she'll get over it faster. And it's like, that's not how that works, That's dude. not how that works at all. You just no. layered 
betrayal on top of like normal breakup heartbreak. Again, this man's supposed to be a genius. Yeah. Like, come on, bruh. Let's let's put two and two together and make four, right? It's it's not that complicated. You could have just shut the literal fuck up. You like the whole thought process was uh, oh, I've gotta prove that I don't care about what happens to them. Shut up then. <laughs> just be like, sure. Do whatever you got to do, man. Shut the fuck up. It's not that hard. We didn't have to read 20 pages of you whining. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets over it real fucking quick as soon as Bridget's like, hey, get your shit together. Yeah. He's like, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be moping around being a dumbass. I guess I'm going to go win her back. Maybe the whole point of it is to get Ava to kind of be more self-reliant. Self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. She... She hops like she she mopes for months. Well, she does wind quite a bit at the beginning of this book about how like annoying it is to have people being overprotective of her and all this shit. But she does also do very little to prove to anybody that she is self-sufficient. Um, I will say she does have a little redemption there towards the end because she, she she has the time. She mopes. She's made everybody around her worried sick. Mm hmm. And then she finally picks herself up and flies to another country to do her dream program, really. I do think it's wild that Bridget's reaction to that is not, okay, I need to make sure this man never comes back into her life. But that is, I need to go make sure this man comes back into her life. And I'm like, that would not be my choice. No. My choice would have been like, if I ever see him again, I'm having my bodyguards tackle him to the ground and make him eat dirt so now we've come to the scene that i had a problem with so we've mm-hmm. gotten there which was bridget goes to alex's office with reese and is like prodding alex to basically say i love her and like go after her in mm-hmm. the airport and i don't understand how come alex didn't already know that she was flying because he says that he has a person following her around all the time he knows that she's been swimming by herself he knows that she's been doing all this stuff and yet somehow she bought an international ticket and he doesn't know exactly which is way easier to trace than any of the other things he's describing yeah yeah that's my problem yeah yeah like i said this this book would be a perfect like book two is bridget and and reese book two is bridget and reese which is a no-no because she's going to become queen yes we do find that out in the epilogue that her brother has abdicated the throne to marry a peasant so naturally she wants to marry her bodyguard i mean that's not like that's the plot right like (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so So, princess diaries too well (laughs) sorry Kind of. I don't know. But I will say that the the next book and the book after seem like way more interesting plots. Yes. So I kind of want to read them. But also, like, if this is my introduction to all of this, I'm not... I don't know that I have the energy to make the effort. I know. I'm... I have uh, so many books on my list. I'm... I'm at that point and it'll probably I probably will pick up another one of her books, whether it is the next twisted one or if it's one of like the Kings of Wrath or whatever they are ones. But this was this did not convince me. Twisted Love did not convince me that I want to read the next books. Mm -hmm. So then Alex goes to London and like if I wanted to punch him before, I really wanted to punch him now because he goes to London and basically tells Ava you you can't get rid of me. I'm here now. Yeah, I, know- I was a little turned off by that. I'm like, mm, sir, she said no. Right. 
he's like, I know that I'm the one who told you that like you needed to go away and that I never cared for you. Well, I was just lying to protect you. And now I really want to be in your life. And it's like, okay, sir, you don't always get to decide those things. What's interesting to me about romance novels in general (laughs) is that if you've watched How I Met Your Mother, a lot of things to talk about about that show, (laughs) good, bad, and otherwise. But one thing that I've always found hilarious is the Doppler-Dahmer effect. Um, which is if if you are an attractive person, the thing that you're doing that's over the top will be seen as romantic. If you're an unattractive person, it's stalking. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. <laughs> and this everything he does, like if this man was unattractive, you would be like terrified about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he literally stalks her for a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah. It couldn't be me. Like I get, and that's the thing I have so such a hard time rationalizing. And is is it ever is it always this bad in romance novels? No, but is this a, a frequent enough issue that I struggle to get through a lot of them? Yeah. I cannot put myself in the same headspace as the female main character most of the time because I'm just like, if I had someone in my life doing dumb shit like that, my reaction would be, wow, that's hot. <laughs> like <laughs> My reaction would be like, I think I, I think I need to get out of here. I think I'm in danger. <laughs> well, and I just, how, how, how is it romantic to have somebody be like, I will not leave you alone. And your response is, well, I want you to leave me alone. And they just go, I'm not going to. I will be there wherever you are, wherever you go. I'm like, that's, I'm going to get a fucking restraining order on you. What the fuck? I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't get it either there's a that happens a lot in romance novels where you're like oh but it's so endearing he tried to get it like i appreciate the fact that she didn't instantly forgive him but the like stalking situation for a year was not what i had in mind for that situation no and also and this might be this is a teeny tiny little thing but at the end she has her showcase for her photography from her fellowship inter i don't know what it is and he buys all of her pictures I didn't like that. I did not like that either. I don't like it either because it doesn't give anyone else a chance to to buy them. So she doesn't know if people would like her artwork for its own merit. Right. Yeah. That's that's exactly why I didn't like it. I was like, when they were like, oh yeah, he somebody bought all your shit. And I was like, but that doesn't tell you anything about how you actually did. And mm-hmm. it also doesn't help the like word of mouth that you mm-hmm. really need in that scenario. Because you need somebody to buy it, hang it in their home, and then have other people come over and be like, that's a really cool picture. Oh, I got it at this showcase, and this is who did it, blah, 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 blah. Right? It's not helpful. No, it's not. And, like, to me, it's a much more romantic gesture if he picked one that felt like it was in some way related to something about the two of them. Right? Yeah. You know? Like, if he calls her, like, sunshine throughout this whole thing, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. And so maybe she has a picture of a sunset, and he's like, that's the one. Or even if he was like, I waited until the very end of the night to give everybody else an opportunity because I know you needed to really, like, show this off. Um, But then I went and found the one that I really wanted. Well, it also doesn't mean as much if money means nothing to you. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At one point, he buys the like most expensive uh, painting in the gallery that she works at just because he wants to talk to her and he wants to get her manager manager to shut up. And it's like $40,000. Mm-hmm. It's like, th- I don't like it when they throw money around like that. Like, I, don't get me wrong. 
I like a billionaire romance every now and then. They're mm-hmm. kind of fun. But I also like the billionaire romance where like they actually make a, a, like a concerted effort to what they are purchasing you it really is something for you that means something that is of you and everything. Not just because like I can buy everything. Like I don't like that part of some billionaire romances. Ooh. Well, in billionaire romances, the thing that becomes the precious commodity usually then is time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why, not to bring it back to the book we talk about all the time, but the fine print, I loved it so much is because Rowan spent so much time with her right. and with her sister and like helping her with her artwork. And grows into at least a slightly better person by yes. the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What growth do we see from Alex in this? Other than mm-hmm. he's decided that she is his and he's going to treat her like a possession. Uh, <sighs> mm, uh, mm, none. Yeah. None. There's no growth. Like he does not look at anything he's done and go, oh, I regret doing that. <laughs> oh, okay. Danny, you liked this book. I... What did you like about this? I don't book? know. It was a vibe thing. Okay. Okay. And that's fine. I was just like, we shat on it for most of it. Maybe somebody needs to lift us up at the end. It was just a vibe thing. And I appreciate the fact that it wasn't the like instant. Okay, fine. You know, yes, you said these things to hurt me and, and, but we're fine. We're good. We're, you know, like she at least made him work for it. Right. Yeah. Which is a big gripe for me in romance novels sometimes is that like they fucked up and they fucked up horde Mm -hmm. and trust me i've read a lot of dark romance novels and they fuck up horde Mm -hmm. um and then they're just instantly it's fine it's whatever i appreciate the fact that that was not the case here like that man worked for over a year and a half to like get back into her good graces i still don't like how he did it Mm -hmm. but at least it was an instant okay Mm -hmm. you know he didn't gaslight her to think he to make her think he loved her all along i'll give you that yeah. yeah, but you know, we, we we talk about how sometimes with guys, the bar is on the floor. Yeah. Are we allowing that to leak into our romance novels as well? I feel like it. Probably. If we're like, because I come to this shit for escapism, right? And I am out here on these dating apps. I don't know why. It's literally insanity. <laughs> like if, if doing the same thing, expecting a different result is insanity. Here I am. Insane. Standing before you. So, yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the the standard of what me makes a guy romantic in our romance novels is also on the floor in a lot of them. And this being a perfect example of that, I'm like, I don't see, I don't see the romance here. I'm sorry, maybe I'm blind, um, but I don't see it. Well, and I can make you the argument as well, though, that maybe I come from a different perspective than the two of you, um. Liz has been married for a very long time. I make that sound like you've been married for decades. I've been married for a decade. For a decade, yes. Um, Which when you're early 30s is a long time. Yes, it is a long time. (laughs) Liz has been married for a long time. You are still actively looking for relationships and everything. I don't want one at all. A man could walk up and profess his undying love to me tomorrow and I'd probably laugh in his face. I mean, I would too. (laughs) Hold up, hold up. What if he did that and he had a tail? That would be a different conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but even at that, I'd probably be like, but we're going to have separate bedrooms and you have no say in the rest of my life. I don't want a relationship. I don't want a romantic relationship. It is not my thing. 
I am so fucking over that. It's not even funny. I get that. <laughs> and so maybe that's why I, I these books, those things about these books don't bother me as much because like, do I want that in my real life? No, but I don't want the cutesy fluffy relationship either. I would say I agree with you, except like if this was just a slutty romp, I would have liked it way better. See, that was my thing. Not to cut you off, but it's like if there would have at least been like, I don't know, at least a solid four times the amount of spice, I would have been like, whatever, Alex, you, you, you fuck good. So it's OK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I complain a lot about these books, obviously, but I feel like at least if you're true to what you're trying to achieve, maybe it's it's good. But like if if this is romance, traditional romance, it failed in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If this is a smutty book, it failed, it failed. in my opinion. Yeah. If this is a drama, it w- failed in my opinion. So, like, what is this book? It, it very much confused me, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the, like, tension moments in this book at times. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna lie, when, when Madeline says that, you know, he likes to fuck behind, pull hair, uh, choke you and call you dirty names, I was like, oh, hot damn, let's do this. But then it didn't happen, so then... Right, because mm-hmm. not to go down the, like, talking about writing craft, because I'm not an expert and I'm, I'm not studied by any means, um, other than my own, like, personal research, but what happened there is the author made a promise, right? She said... Almost like a Chekhov's gun situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like you told us the hair pulling and the, the dirty names and the, all of that. And then we didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, maybe we got like, I don't know, like a like a cute version of it. But we didn't like get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm expecting like, I'm expecting something. Mm-hmm. I've shown you novels that have those things. I wanted those. I know. Also tail action. This is, <laughs> I think, There's no tails. a classic example, though, of something that we've been seeing more and more as we read things that are popular rather than our own personal, like, Hey, I brought this book to the table because I've read it and I like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're trying to read what, you know, what you are all reading um, because you're all exposed to the same books because we're all being fed the same books from all the same reviewers. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm really, really starting to question whether or not I should trust anything that's popular because the majority of the like reading failures I've had in the last year have been popular books on book talk or booktube or what is the Instagram version of that bookstagram bookstagram like I just oh you know I have a very well curated goodreads (laughs) or I did and now it thinks I want to read these things like this and I'm like no I don't don't." my audible is very confused and I'm like no yes and so I don't know I think we I think the the step forward is uh I'm gonna be a lot more picky about the reviewers I get behind I don't if you are not, I don't know if you guys saw this. There was this big, you know, book talk drama about this this one author. I don't even know what her name is. I'm not going to blast her on here. But basically saying that if you rate below a three, you're an asshole. I saw that. And um, fuck that. Yeah. What's the point of rating then? That means three becomes the new one. Four becomes the new mm-hmm. three. And five is probably still five. Right. That's all it means. Yeah. You've just shortened what the rating system is. That's it. You've left less room for nuance. But yeah, so I bring that up to say that I don't trust reviewers who don't rate below a three. And I don't think I'm going to watch anybody who doesn't have some twos and ones in their arsenal. 
Yeah. yeah. Yep. We don't have to agree on everything because I don't want that. Right. No, we don't agree on everything. Right. Right. But you do have to have things you don't like yeah. <laughs> or I'm not going to trust you. So on that note, what do you guys have for ratings this week? Oh, boy. Let's start where we always start. Spice? Question mark? <laughs> it was like a two. I liked yeah. the, the fucking on the phone scene. That was that was nice. Mm-hmm. It was a two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, it, it it's certainly not as low as some of the ones that don't have any spice yeah. at all in them, right? But, like, the quantity and the quality were both lower than expected. Um, And just for, like, frame of reference, we gave Bridgerton a two. Yeah. So, like... Mm-hmm. And I liked that spicy scene a lot better than the ones in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, that that did remind me of a point. I think that the way I felt about Edwina in the show Bridgerton yeah. is kind of how I felt about Ava. I can see it. Yeah. Nah. I can really see it. They did Edwina dirty in the show. They, they really were, did. They were trying to tell a different story. They really yeah. were. <laughs> uh, what about your romance? What's the most meh number? Um, I guess like a, a two. It was like a two. It wasn't very romantic. I, I guess I'll give it a two as well. I was actually even contemplating going a little bit lower, but we'll go with the two. We'll be we'll be at twos. <laughs> Your overall. A two. It's a two. <laughs> I gave it a three on Goodreads because you can't do uh-huh. halves, but it's a 2.5. It. I find the too many mm-hmm. plot points confusing. I wish they would have gone with like one or two of them and stuck to For- them. It, it just it became all kind of convoluted. Yeah, it definitely felt like, in my opinion, it felt like somebody wrote a bunch of scenes that they thought would be interesting. And then instead of like picking and choosing the ones that they liked and then putting like transitions and all of that in, they just said, well, here's the book. Here are all the scenes that I liked instead of kind of stringing them together correctly. Mm-hmm. It, just, it felt like it was multiple novels all in one. Yes. Yeah. It felt like a puzzle where you've got most of the pieces, so you are very hyper aware of the pieces that are missing. Yes. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our recommendations. What have you got? Talk to me. Well, Danny, go. Um, so my recommendation is Vicious. It's the uh, first book in the Sinners and Saints series by L.J. Shen. I've heard of that one. It's It's a past relationship coming back situation enemies to lovers it's more of a vibes thing they you know and there's a artistic vibe to it as well which the main character in this book also has so that's kind of where I'm going with that one also there's the criminal aspect he's He's rich and, and kind of shady as shit and that kind of thing. So I get you. I really don't have a recommendation because I don't consume media that's like this outside of this show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the best I can come up with is that for me, this all felt very much like a soap opera plot. So I'm going to recommend my favorite soap opera and the weirdest one. <laughs> Which is Port Charles. Port Charles, a spinoff of General (laughs) Hospital. That features vampires and angels and kidnapping. And And lasted like three seasons. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Um, So enjoy that. (laughs) Uh, I will say, though, as a teenager who's also watching like Buffy around the same point in time, it was it was a great experience. No, no, like a middle schooler. I don't know if this is true because I obviously have not watched this since then. But I have in my memory that the main guy's name was Caleb. And 
I think you're right. I think I'm right. He was he was he the typical like long... dark skin, longish black hair. Yep. Always wore that like leatherish jacket yes. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yes. 100%. And then there was like an Elena like character. Uh-huh. Um, if you've watched the Vampire Diaries, I wonder if they were inspired. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's actually a very similar plot because the, the angel guy who was also <laughs> the Elena type character kind of looks like not Damon, but the Stephen. other one. Stefan. Somebody's got some explaining to do. Um, <laughs> well, as somebody who's currently rewatching the Vampire Diaries, the first season at the very least does not hold up. And don't don't hate me for that. <laughs> I'm just trying to get past it. What do you have? Okay, I have, so there's a duology that I would recommend. It's Unhinged Desires is the first one, and the second book is Certifiable Attraction. Honestly, just read them back to back as if it's one book uh, by Kylie Kent, and that is the book that you gave me for my birthday. Oh. It is a billionaire dark romance, but it's a stalker, so it's way darker than this book. So it's like, if you wanted this book, Twisted Love, to be darker, spicier, and to have the main male character be more murdery hmm. there you go yeah. Yeah. more murder <laughs> more murder <laughs> um i actually really enjoyed those books they weren't like you know oh my god it's so amazing they were just like cool this is nice <laughs> <laughs> this is good um and then i would also recommend american queen by sierra simone however it takes a long time to get to the spice in that book so you just got to be patient. But that one is where the um, American president is in love with both his vice president, which is that a spoiler? I don't think it is. I think, you know, pretty quickly. And then the the main female character. And it's a whole thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. So if you like this episode, folks, please find us out there on the socials at Wrong Dust Jackets. On everything you can think of, we're brand new to threads now. I'd love to chit chat with you over there. So come find me. Otherwise, look at our website at wrongdustjackets.com to see any upcoming episodes, find our blog, yada, yada, yada. That's all, folks. Bye now. Bye-bye. Goodbye.